Hey there, spooky friends, and welcome to another episode of the Scariest Podcast. Woo! I'm Robin Grace, this is Adam Diaz, Hello. and that was a big old boo. <laughs> As there has been for the last 188 episodes, yeah, plus you got some quiet 168 woos of the story times, like 11 of the pasta times. People complained about the quiet woos, we went over this, so I've brought back the, the loud woos, so that's, uh, you know, backed by popular demand. <laughs> okay. You're like a really delicious snack. Thanks. <laughs> Back by Poppy. I don't know. Okay. Delicious anyway. snacks typically don't get taken off the market, Robin. You're crazy. Really? It's only sell like that limited to my time. Mexican pizza at it's Taco only like Bell. Limited time snacks. I'll tell that to my Italian chicken sandwich from Burger King. Bring it back, Burger King. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? All right. So this week we have a couple topics for you folks. It's going to range from what? Cryptid? Cryptid. Cryptid to true crime. It's going to be a weird one. We're, we're changing it up. Do we usually do like different things? We're or not it... changing it up at all. It's like every episode <laughs> you've ever listened no, to. No, but like, don't we usually do both cryptids or both? No. Okay. We have not done themed episodes <laughs> since like episode four. It's like we haven't been doing this for three years. All right. So. It's like one of us has. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're starting us off this week, right? Indeed I am. I don't think there's a whole lot of chitter-chatter. However, I will say Fear Street 1666, the third installment in the Fear Street series on Netflix. was very good. I actually liked it. And then we watched a movie called Saint Maud, right? Yes. And that, that was real was... fucked up. That, <laughs> that was weird shit, was real dude. weird. Uh, I don't... I did not like it. I... Okay, I, I liked it for what it was. Weird movie not necessarily a horror movie yeah it was like the witch it almost had the witch vibes to it It except it was not as good for sure it was like someone watched the witch and was like i want to make one about possession now and then they made a movie and you're like huh that wasn't as good which is the one that we watched where it was like amanda siegfried siegfried and she was we talked about it on the show we did talk about it on the show i wish i remember what the title was because i also got that kind of feeling too where how at the end he goes on you know on that boat uh, let me just ruin both movies for you really fast <laughs> but very with the endings very similar the endings vibe. are kind of different it's just like i mean it's just it's different in general i would say i don't agree with you on that but hey i understand what you're going for because the other one the amanda Seyfried one from netflix is like deliberately trying to make you think that it was like something horrible happening but there's still like it's still rooted in normalcy in some way shape or form yeah and then the St. Maud one's just fucking weird, dude. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, That's our recommendations when it comes to horror flicks <laughs> slash series that we watched. Uh, aside from that, really haven't done a whole lot. I've been streaming yeah. Skyward Sword on my personal channel. I've been watching a lot of anime. Cool. Like, yeah, way too way too much anime this weekend. It's a lot of <laughs> Is good there stuff such thing, there. though? Is there such thing as way too much anime? I think so. No. <laughs> I think you can OD on anime. So, but that's just me. Hey, so this week for me, though, <laughs> I really wanted to cover a creature. One of my favorite things to learn about are cryptids that come from all over the world, especially ones that I've never heard of. And this week is no exception. Although this week does have a connection to a previous cryptid we have covered. In fact, I think this is the first time that that has happened outside of like, oh, it's in the same family, you know, like the Yeti and Sasquatch type thing. It's a different type of connection. And we'll get to that fairly quickly in my script, I will say I've never heard of this thing that I'm covering uh, until tonight, and I'm excited to write this script, so I hope future Adam, that was written by past Adam, uh, isn't reading this thinking, man, this was the Lizard Man of South Carolina all over again. I'm not thinking that. Uh, it has some, you know, parts in it where you might get some Lizard Man vibes, but it's not quite the same thing. 
but without further ado, I present to you the DeWeo. Now, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, just what the hell is a DeWeo? Well, one, I had to find three or four different videos to watch pronunciation on it, so uh, if I'm getting it wrong, I apologize. However, there's a lot of folks on the internet who think I'm getting it right, including someone from the area who posted a video on YouTube, which is where I got my pronunciation from. The thing is, when it comes to cryptids and stuff like that, um, it really is hard to nail down like how to say it exactly because it's a legend. So Not to mention that they probably do have a name and we've given them a name. It's like if you were to walk into a room and no one asked you your name and they're like, we're going to call you Bill. And you're like, my name's not Bill. My name is Rob. And they're like, whatever, Bill, well, it's, weirdo. It's like Bigfoot. I'm sure if Bigfoot spoke English, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, my name is not Bill. It's Harry, obviously. I don't know. I'd be offended if someone was like, ah, oh, we're going to call you Bigfoot. I don't want <laughs> So if you're wondering what that is, I will say its full name is Deweo sapien therapsida australopithecus rexus. That's its it full name in the, like, cryptozoology index that I was able to locate because if you give it a scientific name that must make it sound more legit right not really sounds just as made up so the Deweo <laughs> is a cryptid that That's is specific it's true though that is specific to the Maryland region it's around six feet tall when it's actually standing sometimes it's on all fours sometimes it's on its hind legs uh, it's covered in black or dark brown fur has a long bushy tail and a nose or snout like a dog. It also does walk on its, quote, hind legs as often or more often than when it's on all fours. And if what I've just described to you sounds like a werewolf, that's pretty much because it's described like a werewolf in all incantations okay. and, and like witnesses statements. It basically is either some sort of dogman or wolfman or werewolf or lichen or something along those lines, or it doesn't exist. Who knows? Uh, you know, normal disclaimer, this could all be bullshit, but hey, could it this is a legend from this region that I'm telling to you now. Could it just be a big old dog? Could be a big old dog that learned how to walk on its hind legs, but you, who have, knows? Have you seen dogs? They can walk on their hind legs. I they heard can you basically have balls. to torture your dog. <gasps> it's like physically harmful to your dog to teach them to walk around like oh, that. No. And it's really bad for them. So if you oh. see those videos where it's like, oh, the dog thinks it's people, it's walking, it's like... It wasn't a good way to train that dog to get it there, but I don't know if anyone out there is like, my dog walks like that all the time. Yeah, what if the dog just automatically just feels like, that's how I want to walk now? I mean, if dogs <laughs> are just like that, then they're just like that, but I don't know. Let me get to this, though. So, the thing that hasn't happened before that I was referencing in the intro of my script that is happening with this particular cryptid, the Deweo, is that it is said to be the mortal enemy of a cryptid known as the Snallygaster. If you recall... The Snallygaster was covered by Robin in episode 182, nice. six episodes ago. Uh, that creature is like some weird giant eagle, dragon, vulture, octopus thing that flies around. And they also describe it as like some sort of horrific flying monster that seems to be some type of reptile. I can't believe that was only six episodes ago. I feel like that was so long ago. a month ago. and a half ago. Dang. Yeah, so if you haven't heard that one... I would say pause, go back, listen to the Snallygaster, then come listen to this topic that I'm about to do about its mortal enemy. I have no idea why it's a mortal enemy because it doesn't see, it's not like King Kong versus Godzilla where it's like they're fighting for <laughs> supremacy. And there's, it's not like they're super similar. They're incredibly different creatures. Uh, but they say that it is the mortal enemy. The Deweo is a good old fashioned dog man slash lichen slash werewolf type creature. So. 
Uh, if you're wondering why this has ever been brought up in the same breath, I will tell you in a sec. Just hold your horses. Uh, I don't know how many of you know that there is actually a word for mixing up idioms, like having two idioms jammed together. I can't remember what the name of it is, but my favorite one was invented by one of my friends, and it was, don't get your horses up. And what? I really, really like that What does that, that even mean? Don't get it doesn't your... mean anything. It means you cram two things together, and now it doesn't make any sense. Huh. And they're hilarious, and it's fun to do. Like, does the Pope shit in the woods? That's another good one. That does one's the... from Big Lebowski. The, that's the combination of does the Pope wear a funny hat and does a bear shit in the woods? Does a duck's a dick drag weeds? Does a duck with boner drag weeds? Yeah. That's not, you're not mixing idioms. That's just an idiom. So I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I just love that one. It's but so yeah, stupid. idioms are fun. So it's said that the first sighting of the Dueo dates back to 1944. Y'all remember 1944, right? Great stuff, mostly happy memories back in 1944. D-Day, of course, June 6, 1944. Really? Wow. Wonderful event. I don't know there. the exact date, but I'm I not. I just fucking told you. It's no, June I know, 6, I know, 1944. I know. But like before you told me that, I didn't know the exact date. Like they tell you about D-Day in school all the time. Well, every year, like June pops up and I'm like, there's something nearby. And then like June 5th, June 6th, uh, hits, I'm like, it's D-Day. That's what gotcha, it is. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, of course, we. how can we forget the fun that was the earthquake in San Juan, Argentina? Killed 10,000 people. What? What? Pretty fucked up, When right? was that? 1944. Yes. Duh. <laughs> correct. Uh, and the board game Clue was invented. Super fun. It was originally named Murder, and then it was eventually bought by whoever the fuck it was that bought it, and they changed the name to Clue and got rid of one of the rooms and renamed it because they thought it wasn't kid-friendly if it was called Murder. But that's basically what the game's about. So that was 1944, but also in 1944 in West Middleton, Frederick County, Maryland, a creature that looked like an enormous black dog was spotted walking upright and making, quote, frightful screams. Authorities were called to the scene and Is supposedly, right, it does sound like a Sheba <laughs> come to think of it. Uh, authorities were called to the scene and supposedly confirmed the presence of something after finding prints. Uh, so I would imagine they'd just be relatively large dog prints that look like a wolf. Uh, I can't confirm that this actually happened, but they do state that this is known within the region to be the first sighting. However, it didn't really like kick off the legend of the Dueo. It's just the first one that people point back to, like that was the first official reported sighting. And uh, authorities, they just basically stated, okay, we found some prints. You probably saw something like a wolf. I don't know why it was walking upright. Maybe it just walks like that. Uh, the story doesn't really circulate, doesn't really hit the newspapers, but it's kind of spoken of. There's something around town. It's around six feet tall, walks on a hind legs, looks like a big dog. And it's pretty scary, but it doesn't blow up like you imagine it would, like most cryptids. Like, Lizard Man of South Carolina walked out of a fucking swamp and had a festival the next day. And he's just like, what's happening? And he just <laughs> left. But in this case, it doesn't happen. Maybe it's because the world had so much to deal with in 1944. Yeah. It's like, you see, you know, a dog walking on its hind legs, like, cool, man, Hitler's trying to kill everyone, but we're going to go get back to real life right now. Uh, locals would report seeing this creature here and there for the next couple decades, but the big day for the Dueo didn't come until November 27th, 1965. Twas a Saturday. I had to put at the I had to put that in there because if it's the end of November, I'm always like, was it Thanksgiving? No, it wasn't. Two days removed. Pretty fucking close though. The sighting that holiday weekend wound up being printed in the newspaper known as the Frederick News Post. A man named John Becker heard an odd noise coming from outside. His home was near the woods of Gambrill State Park, which still exists, still there. 
Uh, it was just past sundown and definitely very spooky outside. Uh, as he investigated the possible source of the noise, which sounded like shrill screaming in some way, shape, or form, he noticed something moving in the darkness and realized it was moving towards him. As he described it, quote, it was as big as a bear, had long black hair, a bush tail, and growled like a wolf or a dog in anger, end quote. And we all know what that sounds like. It's like, rawr. And that's terrifying. I'm just imagining our... our uh dog when she growls at the door or anything like that it's just the cutest little <laughs> we've all heard dogs growl so imagine being super angry though uh, but as this creature gets closer to john it stood up on its hind legs and attacked him and john literally fought this creature until it ran away which i honestly think hurts the DeWales street cred as far as like being encrypted like Man, you're 0 for 1 for conflicts with humans. How long did they fight for? Doesn't it, state how long they fought for. Was it like 45 for. minutes like that one battle? It's probably like an hour and a half. It's <laughs> like a long time. No, I think it was just like a brief altercation. I'm not sure if they boxed like that guy in that kangaroo that one time who was having his dog hug too hard. But his wife and his child apparently, according to him, watched the entire event. And if fighting off a literal monster with his bare fucking hand doesn't get Mrs. Becker's motor going, I'm not sure what will. <laughs> it's like that picture of that guy that fought off that mountain lion. He's like at the press conference and his face is kind of fucked up, but he literally like punched it until it like ran away and saved his wife's life. And he's sitting there like at the microphone and it shows a picture of him talking and then his wife looking at him. It's like, she gonna fuck him. <laughs> like, <laughs> the thirstiest what? look i've ever seen oh lord and rightfully so oh, i have not seen that you've so. not seen that no. you suck i'll show it to you okay uh so john becker then files a report with the local state police uh with this account in it he is also credited as being one of the first people to call this creature a dueo there's some other place that state that it was like some local university kids that were researching different cryptids from different cultures and crammed two names together but this is the one i'm going with also, John Becker is an alias, doesn't exist. He used a pseudonym so that no one would know his true identity. Since that has happened, it makes me feel kind of dubious about the testimony because the only person that's telling their side of the story is John Becker. The DeWale doesn't get to come in and be like, I messed him up good. Like, yeah, we fought. I beat his ass and I felt bad because <laughs> his wife and kid watched. So I walked away because I'm the bigger man. Uh, also, the article written in the newspaper is based strictly off that report, not interviews with the man or with the police, just with it. So it just seems super one-sided. Uh, once that story hit the newspaper, though, people started reporting sightings of this dogman cryptid all over the area. A reporter for the Frederick News Post named George May decided to write a series of articles regarding the DeWeo uh, because of the increased reports slash interest. That said... Some folks think that after that single report was made with the state police that George May decided to write multiple articles without having any sort of sightings because it was basically selling papers, okay. you know? Uh, so it's not clear whether or not the articles were written because of this or the articles being written caused this sort of spike in reports. So it's 56 years later and we're faced with kind of a chicken or the egg dilemma. Not sure which came first. The articles and the reports did have a palpable effect, though, regardless of whether or not one came before the other, uh, on the people of the area. Uh, if there's one thing that sells better than sex, it's fear. And fear was being sold in abundance during this time from this particular newspaper. I think that's why the horror genre does so when it comes to movies, because you typically get both. 
It's like if you're watching a Friday the 13th or a Fear Street, yeah. you see people boning and you see people dying. So you're scared <laughs> oh at the same my time. God. Fear boners are the most powerful boners on the planet. We all know this. Ugh. Okay, go on. A woman from Adamstown, Maryland, called into the Frederick News Post and demanded, quote, this trash about the DeWeo be stopped, end quote. She was upset at the amount of coverage and fear-mongering that was being spread and stated that her daughter was now being treated for a nervous condition because of all the talk about the DeWeo. Basically, she was so afraid this thing existed and so afraid of it that she was actually being medically treated for the anxiety she was experiencing regarding it. And anytime there are people that are afraid, there are people who want to be heroes. You know, sometimes you just have that urge that you want to actually help. And sometimes you want attention and, you know, you're kind of self-centered about it. But regardless of it, it always happens. Local hunters decide that they're going to go out to the woods and find and hopefully kill the beast that was suddenly plaguing their town. And those hunters, of course, came up empty-handed. But most of them did claim that while hunting, they saw a black beast roaming the woods. One eyewitness tells of a different type of encounter with the creature. This anonymous individual stated, quote, My dog started chasing something, and I saw it was black, but I didn't think too much of it, believing it was a dog or maybe even a bear. However, after reading the newspaper article, I'm not too sure it wasn't a DeWeo. Yeah, I could see it being like a black bear. If it's black fur, standing on its hind legs, bears are gigantic. Bears stand on their hind yep. legs when they're confronted. They're like, I'm a fuck you. Like, back up, bro. Like, yeah. back up. Like, bear paws are huge, and they just have these razor-sharp claws, and it's terrifying. And they're nice enough to stand up to warn you that you're about to die. The witness continued, quote, It trotted like a horse. I don't know what it was, but I'm going to look for it this week, end quote. So it's like, you ran across this creature that might be out in the woods. You're like, I'm going to go back out there. But again, it ran from this person's dog. So the surrounding area was also being affected. A woman from Ellerton, a town about 10 miles north of the original sightings, stated that herself and other residents had heard, quote, something cry like a baby and scream like a woman for several months. What? Yeah. So again, the shrill cry comes back, whether it's the sound of a baby or the sound of a lady, it, it kind of, that kind of freaks me out. That particular detail, because it sounds like it's trying to lure you into thinking yeah. something is in distress that you need to go help. Or, you know, someone's tied up this woman in the woods. Or someone just had a baby and the baby's crying. And then, then someone else is either yelling because they can't get any sleep or they're getting taken to pound town for several months. It's hard to tell. <laughs> we don't fuck? know what's happening in Ellerton. Sounds pretty interesting, though. Yeah, I okay. <laughs> to me, it's like I I read and and seen too many documentaries of uh women who get tied up in basements or or in the woods or whatever. So basically, your head went immediately to the super ultra negative, and my head just went to bone zone and actual baby. So there you go. That's where our heads are at right now. Uh, that said, another lady from Jefferson, Maryland, which is about ten miles south of the original site stated that she saw a bizarre dog-shaped animal that was about the size of a calf, uh, meaning the baby cow, not the part of your leg, uh, <laughs> chasing cows on a local farm near where she lived. Um, so not sure if it was able to succeed in attacking any of the cows or if it was just chasing them and then it ran away. Or it was like, I'm a cow too, moo. Moo. Uh, police were called out to investigate. However, they always came back with the same thing. They didn't find anything. After the original case in 1944, I couldn't find a single description of a police officer going out for any of these calls that even found prints. So something important to keep in mind. 
Uh, they said by the time December hit, so about a, a month, maybe not even a full month, the time mid-December hit, the reports started to trickle off, taper off a little bit, and people stopped talking about the fear of the Deweo that had gripped the towns nearby. And for a time, things were quiet. But the quiet didn't last for too long. It only took about six months to come back into the public's eye. A man referred to only as Jim A. Jimma. Was the individual reporting the newest encounter in 1966, I believe. So Jim A, or as I will call him, Jim A, stated he had an encounter with the DeWeo like while camping better. on the outskirts of the Gambrill State Park. Again, Gambrill State Park. Uh, he stated it appeared to be a shaggy, two-legged animal, the size of a deer, that had a triangle-shaped head with pointed ears and pointed chin. So this description of the head definitely makes me think more of like a werewolf or lichen than the previous descriptions that basically sounded like a dog that walked upright. I mean, which is a werewolf or lichen. It has kind of more angular features, which I think is what I associate mm -hmm. based off of some of the, I don't know, media depictions that I've seen of those particular creatures. Maybe it only shows up every once in a while because it's a werewolf. Because it's actually transforming. That's one of my theories I have at the end of it. Don't oh, okay. spoil it, Robin. Jeez gotcha. Louise. Oh my God. Shout out to anyone named Louise out there. You're awesome. So that's not all. Jim or Jimay stated it was dark brown and when he had run across it it shrieked at him and backed away so again consistent behavior of running away which i think is very similar to a dog you know they say like dogs won't attack unless they're backed into a corner they probably just basically want you to leave them alone he stated that while it backed away it walked oddly uh its legs quote stuck out from the side of the trunk of the body making its movements appear almost spider-like as it backed away hmm. end quote while covering this topic to this point, I acknowledge that I would be scared of a werewolf or lichen or wolfman, but if that thing skittered away like a fucking spider, hell no. I am moving. Nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. If it were a werewolf or a lichen, right, the way its legs are, you know... It is not spider-like. No, but like it's different than a human, how it would well, walk. Obvi yeah, but so spiders maybe and this, lichens are different. But maybe this person's like, well, maybe it kind of seems like a There thing. are very few things that I could encounter that would be six feet tall and monsterish or just straight up an actual cryptid that would scare me more than a giant fucking spider. <laughs> like if I saw a giant <laughs> spider, I'd be like, fuck this, I'm out. And anything else, I'd be like, that's kind of cool. So if this werewolf lichen thing... Uh, kept running away from these creatures, these people. What if it's just a person who's transformed, right? And they don't want to hurt anyone. Don't look at me. Yeah, they're don't just like, get away me. from me, you know? So Who knows? So, now I'm not able to identify from any specific report. But, as reports of this creature continue to come in, multiple witnesses, according to the internet, so you know it's true, stated <laughs> they saw this creature doing battle with another horrific entity, and yes, that is the Snallygaster. That is why it is thought to be the mortal enemy, because multiple folks on different occasions stated they saw it fighting the Snallygaster. It's unclear if one was attacking the other one for a source of food, 
Or if one was naturally drawn to the other one in the battle for supremacy, like if this was the Godzilla-style rivalry, and some guys like, let them fight. No <laughs> word on whether or not that happened. I love that movie. It's it's, it's cheesy, the it's plot cheesy. makes no sense, and it's amazing, it's and I fucking love my, it. my level of cheese that I'm like, I don't care if this story does not make any sense. Just let, let them fight. Just <laughs> let the lizard gecko with the radiation fight the big monkey with the axe. Like, I love it. I fucking love it so much but this particular creature or just the sightings in general would go quiet again this time it would actually last for quite a long time so 1966 all the way until 1976 a full decade and then the next sighting takes place just off of route 77 which is again nearby the creature supposedly ran across the road in front of the witness's car they stated it was at least six feet tall but admitted it was hard to tell as it was running it was running upright bipedal and leaning forward as you do when you have your momentum moving forward. So it was hard to tell what the full length of the creature would be. Okay. The body looked like a wolf and it was dark brown, but it had a lighter banding on its lower body, similar to an actual dog or anything that, you know, typically exists. Usually the colors get lighter the further you get to the, the paws. Um, in most cases, it doesn't get darker, but who the fuck knows? I, I'm sure there's someone's going to be like, oh, my dog looks like that. Okay, cool. Your dog's not this particular cryptid. <laughs> We're going to keep moving on. I <laughs> Okay, go. It seemed as though... <laughs> just like, what the fuck? It just seemed as though it was running across the road deliberately, and it did not appear to be any sort of normal dog. Uh, so they freaked out. They called the police. They said, hey, I just saw this. And aside from that crossing, nothing much else surfaced in 1976. Folks did revisit the original accounts. People were interviewed again. Quite a few looked back at the creature very skeptically. One such individual believed that the John Becker, whoever it was, uh, who had originally submitted the story, was likely drunk due to the holiday weekend prior to telling the tall tale. Well, that's And just, probably just made shit up. That's making assumptions. That's making assumptions, but I think that's fairly reasonable. I mean, it was like a holiday weekend, and then this complete bullshit story comes in from out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. I won't say bullshit. This, this very far-fetched tale of battling this creature comes in from out of nowhere and it's just like maybe they were drunk so that's 76 okay that's a two years later there's another sighting in 1978 uh, a report comes in from two park rangers so professionals with wildlife from cunningham falls just about 15 miles north of the original sighting these park rangers stated they encountered a large hairy creature running on two legs Who's Adam? that could be fucking me <laughs> Aside from that, there's not much more of a description of the creature. I think, honestly, probably because they didn't want to either generate a panic or sound crazy themselves and endanger their careers. But this is considered to be the last sighting that I can find of the Dueo. That's not a whole lot of lore behind it, but there's a lot of sightings. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, like, specific supernatural abilities. There's no festival to go along with this guy. There's a lot of people seeing what appears to be a six-foot-tall wolfman running around on its hind legs, scaring the shit out of everyone. So it certainly seems like something in the area exists or existed for a period of time and mostly stuck to these parks or forests, occasionally coming out, but mostly staying in that particular spot. And it also seems kind of like a wimp since whenever it sees humans, it typically just runs away, including dogs. Uh, I mean, after fighting John Becker in 1965 and apparently getting beat up, Maybe it, it's just scared of all humans. Like, it's first interaction, it got the crap kicked out of it. It's like, never mind. Doesn't feel like getting into any more scraps. One thing that is worth noting about the creature is that the internet, as it tends to do, 
is littered with inconsistencies regarding it. Some things are very similar, like its description of what it looks like. However, some sites refer to it as a mammal, not sure how it would know that, and others refer to it as not a mammal. In fact, there is a few sites that refer to it as actually laying eggs or coming from eggs. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, all right. I mean, if a platypus, you know, is a mammal that lays eggs, it could happen. It could happen. Not saying it can't. This actually comes from one of the townsfolk that was interviewed who stated that he personally believed the Dueo comes from eggs because the Snallygaster comes from eggs and that the two creatures were actually one and the same, which mm. one doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they're very, very, very different in appearance. And maybe if you're thinking about it strictly from a Pokemon sense, maybe one is an earlier evolution of the other one and they met each other and they locked eyes. And you know, in Pokemon, you lock eyes, you have to fight. That's the rule. <laughs> but they don't really evolve that wildly. There's not many Pokemon that just evolve and go from like, oh, it's a puppy. It's like all of a sudden it's this fucking absolutely horrific Eagle Dragon Vulture Octopus. You know, it's like those yeah. two things are just too far apart. Yeah. Or, you know, vice versa. Maybe it starts out as the eagle, dragon, wolf, octopus, whatever, and then just becomes the wolf man. So it doesn't seem like a proper evolution. doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's like one quote the internet latched onto, and they're like, it comes from eggs. And you know, it's just hard to find any sort of reliable information on something that may or may not exist. All I'm thinking about now is Shrek and how the donkey has babies with the dragon. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, maybe it's something like that. You know, it's weird. I think about that all the time. (laughs) So (laughs) lots of folks think that this creature, as well as its mortal enemy, the Snallygaster, just simply don't exist. (laughs) Like, after all, the Snallygaster had articles printed about it back in the day. And actually, the articles came out, like, within days of the Jersey Devil's first appearance. Really? Yeah, and the editor and the writer of those articles came forward later and admitted they were completely fraudulent. And they said they stated the one thing that they were, like, able to say, like, to be clear, these were articles about instances and sightings that had happened that had been reported previously. They just reprinted them and changed the dates to make it sound as if it had just happened to basically sell newspapers and to generate interest. So the Snallygaster already has this sort of cloud of suspicion over it because when it was brought up back in the early 1900s, it was done so in a dishonest way. So the fact that the Dueo is supposed to be the mortal enemy, it's like if I, Adam, said my mortal enemy is the Tooth Fairy. You may or may not believe in the Tooth Fairy. It's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. (laughs) You beat my ass. (laughs) That would not be a very good mortal enemy to have. But uh, at the same time, if you don't think it's real, me saying that, you know, will cast you know, doubt on whether or not I'm being authentic. So maybe the reason, like Robin said, that this has happened is because it is a person who was cursed with werewolfism or lycanthropy that no longer lives there or no longer lives that passed away. That could be too, as far-fetched as it seems. And maybe it's just an actual creature with the way it handles confrontations with humans and dogs. It seems like that could be partly feasible as well. When it comes to the, the werewolf thing, did I mention that the big sighting, November 27, 1965, was a full moon? No. It wasn't. No, it Oh, goddammit. <laughs> I was just checking to see if I mentioned it, because if I did, I was going to say that's not accurate. The full moon back in 1965 in November was on November 9th. Uh, on November 27th, it was a waxing crescent. There was actually barely a moon at that so time. So it would be a lichen, because it doesn't change with the moon. So we've nailed it down. So any lichens out there from that area, let us know whether or not you were running around 56 years ago. <laughs> Let us know if you're liking this topic. I hate you so much for that. (laughs) 
But who knows, with cell phones everywhere, we could get a new sighting any day now. I do think if it happens, it'll probably just be some guy in a werewolf suit pretending, trying to like amp up like the new legend of the Dueo. But I'll try and keep my mind open to the possibility that this dogman slash werewolf slash lichen could show back up. Nice. And that, my spooky friends, is the legend of the Dueo. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. I appreciate it. It was uh, it, it was nice. You know, you went off my topic from before. I did. It's teamwork, teamwork. I built on it. I undercut it a little bit. Yeah. Felt pretty fun. So cool. hope you enjoyed it. So, uh, while we're on the topic of werewolves, though, I would like to point out today is June 20th, 2021. They just put all the Twilight movies back Ugh. on Netflix. Top 10. Okay. Out of the top 10 on Netflix today, Twilight. New Moon and Eclipse are all in the top 10. I bet you by this weekend, it's going to be all of those fucking movies. So here's the thing, okay? Since we're going to do, <laughs> we're going to fucking do this and let's just do this. When it comes to series that you like to watch, like Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, if you have taste, or Twilight, I don't think that you can say it's a good series if you have to skip one of the movies because it's just It's that not a good series. Bad. It's they're all bad movies. Because when Robin watches the Twilight series, she always skips New Moon. When I read it, I skip New Moon too. It's just, I'm just saying like then why watch it? It's it's they're not good movies, but they are trash movies to put on television. Like when I always put on 50 Shades, it's that trash TV that you're just like, I'm just going to watch this. Put it in the background while I crochet or something. They're both connected by the way. 50 Shades was originally it's Twilight fan, fan fiction. Fic. Yes. 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 Whatever. <laughs> It's probably Just, what Anna's saying right now. She refuses oh! She refuses to watch the um, series Breaking Bad because it might be too intense, <laughs> but she'll watch fucking Twilight. It's trash television! <laughs> she'll watch Twilight uh, and Fifty Shades. All right, this has been fun. <laughs> fun little side corner about garbage TV, garbage movies. I don't, yeah. I don't shame anyone for liking stuff. There's a lot of trash stuff I like, too. I can't think of anything off the top of my head because I am very tired. However, maybe I'll think of it during Robin's topic and just blurt it out. Uh, and Robin's topic can be found on the other side. Of this commercial break. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome to my half of the episode. So I'm back with another abandoned amusement park tale this week. This time it's Dreamland Park in Ruscombe Manor Township in Pennsylvania. Okay. I've never been to Pennsylvania but apparently a lot of our spooky friends live in Pennsylvania. There are a lot of spooky which friends is from Pennsylvania. Crazy. Uh one day. One day we'll get out there and we'll actually see it. Um I don't know what's out there. I've other only than ever this. been to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. <laughs> what's that? 
It's a city. Oh, well, I know it's a city, but like, what did you go for? Just to pick through? up a car. My dad bought oh, a car and okay, we okay, went, okay. we flew there, bought it, drove it home. So it wasn't like you didn't go to a, a an event or something. We went to a McDonald's. They had a fine <laughs> Oh, McDonald's. nice, nice. Okay. Yep. Um, Gas stations were top notch, I must say. Yeah, one of these days I'll get to Pennsylvania. We'll get to Pennsylvania. I'm I'll like, just all right, fuck me. I guess well, it, I'll stay home. <laughs> anyway, okay, so. As this is going to be a true crime topic, I'm going to put like a trigger warning here because it does involve murder and sexual assault. And if that's something that bothers you, um, maybe not the topic for you. It's not a whole bunch, but it's, I'm putting that warning in there because it does include that. It um, is interesting because I think most folks that listen to true crime podcasts can just sit through the goriest, most horrific yeah. of details because it is morbidly interesting of what happened, how things were handled, like how these monster human beings existed, and then what eventually is done when they're captured. So I appreciate that we put trigger warnings on stuff because sometimes I'll get in the car and your podcast will be playing. It'll be a true crime podcast and they'll just go over the most gruesome, horrific yep. shit. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, like I that mean, came out of left field. It's called true crime. It's not called like, rainbow marshmallow crime it's like no 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 this is true crime this is what happened i think we just thought of a name for a new board game (laughs) rainbow marshmallow crime no 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 murder honey heist i like that name better honey heist i mean if you're gonna have rainbow marshmallow crime you're clearly like stealing probably not murdering marshmallows or rainbows (laughs) oh god okay anyway i'm gonna get it into my actual topic get it in Um, robin so Just a short drive from Reading, Pennsylvania, there's this small amusement park that featured simple attractions. There was a band theater, a roller rink, there was like a a small race car track, and a few rides. It's nothing like you'd think of an amusement park these days, like Disneyland or or Knott's Berry Farms or something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, I grew up Um, in a really rural area. And Did you the have an small park? rinky-dinky amusement parks, def- like, they have a specific, like, homey, creepy feel to really? them. Really? For sure, yeah. I don't remember the name of the one that I grew up around, but it is definitely closed now. Oh. And imagining, imagining it abandoned at this point, it would probably be, it would be one of the scarier places to go really? venture through at night. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, man. So, I'm kind okay. of, I, I, ha- I have a thing in my mind's eye of what you're talking about right now. All right. Well, it opened in 1939. Or around that time. And from what sources can gather, the land was a former farmstead. And it was bought by uh, the brothers Alton and Ralph Kreitz. And their goal was to develop this 17-acre plot of land into this amusement park complex. And Ralph was a man who was known to run a few illegal gambling or gaming establishments uh and he did so in the 30s and 40s so when it came to this amusement park he kind of kept more in the shadows of the development things like that it's rumored that they actually had high stakes poker games held at the park just kind of like down low and not in the open you know what i mean um the property was eventually confiscated by the irs in 1956, due to unpaid taxes uh, and, you know, reports of illegal gambling, things like that. Uh, but that is not the horror here. The horror is something that you've 
probably already seen if you've seen the title of the episode, and that is The Dreamland Park Murders. Uh, on August 13th, 1969, Marilyn H. Sheckler, who was 18, and Glenn W. Eckert, who was 20, were murdered in the woods surrounding the park. Early that morning, they're hanging out late at night, past midnight, so early hours of the morning, they had driven to a location, prob- probably like a lover's lane type situation, along Skyline Drive. And it's a place that overlooks Reading, Pennsylvania. And when I saw that, I was like, it's totally a lover's lane. If it's an overlook, it yes. has that definite like feel yeah. to it for sure. So there at this place, the two were accosted by two members of what's known as the Pagans Motorcycle Gang. And that is the name of the gang. It's not that they were pagans in this motorcycle gang. I wanted to put that out there before someone asks me, like, oh, you're just saying that they're pagans or whatever. No. that is motorcycle gangs have very horrific names. Yes. So the name of this motorcycle gang were the pagans. That's what they were named. These two gang members, right, they enter Eckert's car. And they force him to drive to a train station in Leesport, where it would eventually be found on August 19th. So they find the car there later. There, these two force the couple into a box truck that the gang owned. Think maybe like a, like a delivery van type dealio, but, but more industrial, I guess. And, um, they sexually assault Sheckler as they drive around the town. And, At around 2 a.m., the gang members drive this truck to Dreamland Park and force the victims into the woods. So soon after entering the woods, Eckert is shot to death and Sheckler has been beaten to death with a rock to the head. So just bludgeoned to death, right? Wow. Uh, The gang members then just hastily cover the bodies with rocks and debris in the woods. They then head back to the park to hang out because... Uh, apparently, one of their parents owned that property after it closed down. So they had this, the gang had this place to hang out. So they head back to the park. And when they get there, there are state police there investigating a fight that had broken out earlier. So that's probably how the police start creating this suspect list that they're going to use later on, right? So these poor victims aren't found until October 23rd, 1969. So over two months later. Wow. And they're just in the woods of the park, right? It's crazy. But 17 acres. If this land is 17 acres, that's a lot of land to cover, right? Um, The discovery of the bodies made pretty big news. This particular crime and the closing of the park don't necessarily have anything at all to do with each other. But the park's name has kind of become synonymous with each other. After the incident, a man named James M. Eways, he becomes this prominent businessman in the Reading area. His father was the one that actually owned Dreamland Park property after it closed down. Uh, In the early 90s, he moves into what used to be a chapel, converts it into a house. The chapel as well as this local quote-unquote meat locker, um, become locations that are rumored to be haunted. 
And this meat locker was just an old cellar located in the mountains above Wernersville. And it was a food storage for this local sanitarium. And I think when it comes to sanitariums, things like asylums, you kind of think it's all haunted, right? All the time. Um, but there was a legend that surrounded the cellar that a man had once chopped up five bodies and hid them in the cellar. So this legend stems from a not-so-legend type thing. Something actually happened, which causes, you know, things, stories to grow and, and they just become their own thing. So, in the early morning hours of June 15th, 1996, five teens were driving up and down the street of this guy's house. So, James Ewey's house. Um, and they were shouting threats and obscenities at him, or at his house, and they were also shining a flashlight into his windows. So upon the fourth time that they're driving back and forth, he comes out from behind two pillars in front of his house and aims a handgun at them. He fires two shots wow. at their car and one gets through the passenger side window and hits um, a boy named Michael A. Abate. Wow. And... He is only 17 at the time. I had a friend who picked a random house when we were just out of high school or maybe still in high school. And he used to go park in their driveway super late at night, like 2 or 3 a.m. and put his brights on and honk his horn and not come off of his horn. It's a bad idea. Until the guy got up, until he saw someone looking and then he would just leave. And I was like, those people are probably terrified and eventually the guy came outside with a gun and he never went back there again. Yeah. So hearing this sounds exactly yeah. like that. Well, this kid gets shot in the head and dies. So he dies 20 hours later at the hospital. The rest of the kids admit to having been drinking. They were smoking weed. They admitted to harassing him at around 2 a.m. after they had gone to the meat locker or cellar. So all this stuff culminates together, right, to make this this over-the-top legend of having chopped up by bodies and put in the cellar. Um, anyway, this guy, Ewes, James, he gets arrested and is charged with first and third degree murder, voluntary manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, aggravated assault, simple assault, and recklessly endangering another person. His attorney argues that the only reason why he did any of this was... He was being harassed himself, and the gun went off accidentally. I don't know how you accidentally shoot someone twice, but... Right. His attorney, named Emmanuel Demetrio, also had the trial moved to a different county because of his, uh, James's association with those that were convicted of the Dreamland Park double murders. Um... On October 1st, 1996, he was acquitted of the murder charges. Wow. But he was convicted of involuntary manslaughter, five counts, uh, and five counts of reckless endangerment. So he's sentenced to two to five years in prison for all those things, and then 10 years of probation. So he gets, he gets off. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, how? Two to five years. For killing someone. And even then, like two to five years, your sentence can be reduced from like good behavior or any of the other things you can do while you're he in prison. He served the entire five years. Okay. He, but he got out of jail in 2003. And then he got to do whatever. Um, two of the culprits, when it comes to uh, the 
Dreamland Park murders, the actual murders of those two. Um, Leroy S. Stoltzfus Jr., who was 21, and Robert Martinelich was 22. They were taken to court in 1970 for the murder of those two victims. And they were convicted despite both claiming to be innocent. And they each received life sentences in separate state prisons. Um, Leroy died March 28th, 2010, after serving 40 years in prison at the age of 61. And from what I can tell, it was of natural causes. In 2007, Robert, he asked for a new trial because according to him, his lawyers didn't do his case justice and just kind of struck plea deals with those that testified against him. So this trial was denied and he's still serving his sentence at Pennsylvania State Correctional Institution. Wow. Uh, the other two bikers or, or gang members, you know, were Harlan Bailey and James Eways. You, uh, so that one that had that happen uh, in the future, right? Uh, he was one of those four. So he's the same guy. Yeah, he's that. Wow. So he is one of the four that had something to do with the Dreamland Park murders. Who was there? Yes. Was there when this woman was sexually assaulted and these two he people He was were one of the four, yeah, that, that sexually assaulted her. But he somehow got off. So, so, okay, those two were involved in the crime, but they weren't charged for murder because plea deals. So those two... Because they testified against the other two. Testified against the other two. They were charged for rape, but they didn't have enough evidence. So those two totally got away scot-free of this whole thing. Wow. And which is why, to me, when he goes ahead and shoots a, a kid later on, it's like... He got away with he it. He got so away with it. So why wouldn't he get away with it? He just thinks again? he can do whatever he wants. Um, There are... Differing, I guess, differing stories of what happened that night with the Dreamland Park murders. Um, the two that went to prison say that they didn't have anything to do with the actual killing. They uh, had gone to look for a getaway vehicle or something like that. And that the other people were the ones that killed them. So it, it just, no one really knows for sure what exactly happened because everyone's just testifying against each other, right? They're just turning against each other. No one really knows what the truth is. You just know who went to jail, who didn't go to jail. Um, and I mean, the, the one that died in prison, he, his entire time in there was like, I did not kill that person. There, uh, is a book titled the dreamland park murders. It was published in 2005. The book was written by Doris M. Dorwart, a professor at Mansfield College, and a Robert E. Snyder, who was a former Washington, D.C. police detective. So those two came together, wrote this book. It covers James Ewes in depth and his criminal activity and all that kind of jazz, because it does seem like he is the more guilty party out of everyone, right? Um, it also covers... The murders in detail, it has interactions with family members, lawyers, judges, police officers, things like that. So it's a pretty in-depth book about the murders and the aftermath of the murders as well. Um, and then to round out the park abandonment angle, you can still drive past a road sign that is marked Dreamland Park Drive. And if you travel down Pricetown Road in Ruscombe Manor, 
Township. The park is covered in a bunch of no trespassing signs. And nature has kind of reclaimed its territory because that always happens, right? When when these parks and stuff kind of get abandoned. Right. Um, and that includes growing over the giant carousel within the park. And I think that's just like telltale sign of nature taking over is whenever the carousel's just like it's covered. <laughs> you know, you're not seeing that thing again. Um there are other murders that have been thought to be attributed to the same motorcycle gang, but has not officially been connected. So in 1968, Sandy Stiver went missing as well as Martha Stiver. And they were 14 and 17, respectively. Uh, just Sandy, babies. Yeah, they're just kids, right? Sandy had been shot multiple times and dumped along a road. The two were labeled as Jane Doe's. Until DNA tests confirmed their identities. And according to an article written in 2014, when reached out for a comment, uh, Uwes said that he had spoken to investigators about the Stivers, quote unquote, years ago. So they already thought, like, he had something to do with it, you know, way back in the day. Or knew something about it. Right. Um, The family of those girls staunchly believe that their deaths have something to do with that of the Dreamland Park murder case. But there's no way to connect the two. You know, it's been so long. It's been, what, 40 years? Over 40 years? Yeah. It's, yeah. So, yeah, that's the Dreamland Park murders and the crime and all that stuff that the people involved in it had to do. So, yeah. Yeah, that shit's uh really really crazy. Um, I know you have your abandoned your abandoned amusement park like uh spots on our Google Doc, and I'm like, I know these ones are sacred. I cannot steal these, so I'm kind of glad too because they're so intense. And I know you typically cover more of the true crime side of things. Yeah, but I, I some of the abandoned parks are just like abandoned parks. I think they're maybe just, they're just like supposedly haunted. Yeah. because they're creepy, but. Yeah, that one's really intense. I really like how you did the script where it's like, let me jump forward to 1996 where some guy kills someone and then you jump back and it's like, and then he was a member of this biker gang, specifically of the four people who committed this crime. His dad was the one that owned the park at the time, which is how they just did whatever they wanted on that park property, which is crazy. Uh, And yeah, it's, it's just crazy that people get away with some nuts things and even when they finally get caught it's like they serve five years and someone died yeah you know yep so pretty bizarre stuff but uh covered very well good job robin oh thanks i i i know it's a little bit uh abrupt there at the end but yeah it's it's uh it's true crime for you <laughs> yeah it's true lots of true crime doesn't have nice clean endings um Especially for something like this, where there's people that are like, who murdered my family? I don't even know. We think it's this person. And then when it comes to the Dreamland Park murders, it's like, who killed who? There's two people that got away scot-free. And then there's two that are spending their lives in prison or had spent their life in prison. Spent their entire life after that in prison. Yeah, it's just like, you know what I mean? And a lot of people think or feel that... um. Leroy, the one that did die in prison, was not that type of person that he wouldn't actually kill somebody. He might have been a piece of shit and made really bad decisions, but he he didn't have it in him to kill anybody. But you don't know, right? You don't know you weren't there. You don't know what they're capable of. 
Um, it's really horrific to try and imagine like something that awful happening, and then the four people who are your like suspects, the four people who are definitely involved in it, all turning on each other, and then just trying to figure out like, okay, which ones do we believe? You know? Yeah. And it's really suspicious that the person who had the rich dad who owned the yep. land got away is with- one of the people yeah. that got away with it. And, and then later on goes on to kill a kid. And well, so when it comes to the the missing girls, the Jane Doe's, right, that were identified, when they went to go talk to him, he was like, I've made mistakes in my life that those two were not one of my mistakes. So he is staunchly like, it's not me. But you know what I mean? Can't he you, be trusted, though? You can't tell. You can't tell. You can never tell. You just have to just... There's no evidence, you know, and and that's what it comes down to is evidence. Obviously, those two got away with rape because there's not enough evidence. Like, it's just nuts. Yeah, it's pretty horrific. Yeah. So either way, uh, solid topic. Way to cover it. Good job. Yeah. Way to be depressing at the end. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's, I think, just about everything we have for episode 188. If anyone out there has uh, a story, whether it's true crime, whether it's cryptid related, whether it's ghost, spiritual, supernatural any of that stuff extraterrestrial that you would like to share with us and we can read on the podcast. Uh, or if you just want to share it with us and you just want to talk to someone about it, you don't actually have to have it read on the podcast. You can always reach out to us by emailing storytime at scarish.com or going to our website, scarish.com and clicking on contact us, fill out that form. It comes directly to us. You can also hit us up on any of our social medias. Facebook is facebook.com slash scarish podcast. Twitter is at scarish pod and Instagram is at scarish podcast. Uh, yeah, Robin, for folks who would like to donate to us, how can they do so? You can go to patreon.com slash scariestpodcast. Uh, those are monthly donations. Tiers start at $1. At a dollar, you get ad-free, which is great. And then, uh, if you're not into the monthly donation type thing, you can also go to coffee, ko-fi.com slash scariestpodcast. Those are one-time donations. All your donations go to helping us upgrade our studio setup, kind of helping us keep this podcast going. There's a bunch of uh, backstage stuff we got to pay for, hosting fees, website stuff. Shipping. Um, oh, God, shipping. Yeah, I just mailed <laughs> out this month's or this season's um, badge of honor tier. Uh, I was like, what's this and above. charge from Pirates? Yeah, Adam was shipping. like, $200 worth like, of holy shipping? Shit. I was like, yes, that's that's how much shipping costs. Okay, it costs 200 freaking dollars. Um, it makes sense. We have quite a few folks who are at that level yeah. and higher, but still, I just saw that come out. And I was it like, took me, whoa. It took me three days to write notes and package every package. I wrote some notes. He this did write time some notes. Because uh, people were like, I want to see how bad Adam's handwriting is. You're never going to ask for that again. Guaranteed. So, yeah, it took me three days to do that. It, it, it does, it, it's a lot of effort for us, but we, we really enjoy uh, interacting with you folks and, and having fun with everyone and getting to know everyone. Um, and yeah, we're super thankful for everybody who's there listening to this episode. We couldn't be here without you. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much to everyone who supports us, listens, watches, whatever the case may be. Talks to your friends about us, shares us. It's pretty amazing. And uh, we appreciate it. But that's everything we have for episode 188. So Robin, why don't you go ahead and sign us out? Keep on creeping on and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.